And the brain senses it and it says, okay, well, we need more energy. So then we crave more foods. We crave, we crave higher caloric foods, higher sugary foods. What does this do? This alters how much calories. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast, your number one resource for total body wellness. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. We were meant to move. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Mike from the What Up Doc University podcast coming back. On this episode, we are going to talk about the five surprising facts of bad posture. This is something I deal with on a daily basis as, as a chiropractor. And this is what a lot of people look at chiropractic for. And um, in this episode, there, there are a bunch of things that I want to talk about. But more, most importantly, some of the things that most people don't relate to bad posture, other than just being aesthetically um displeasing when having bad posture and also you know creating um, pain patterns and so that's what we want to get to today so let's let's take a, a look into posture well we have to think about well what causes poor posture and a lot of times what people think about well it just comes from habit uh, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, slouching my shoulders or, um, or you know, uh, sitting in improper chairs as a child and then, you know, having improper ergonomics at work. Um, but a lot of what I see in clinical practice is that poor posture is actually related to the shortening of muscles, shortening of the fascia, which is the soft tissue that covers the muscles, and also more importantly, inhibited muscles, so muscles that are not getting its proper nerve firing. That's ultimately what causes poor posture. And when we look at posture, we want to talk about the idea of what's called central integration. So central integration is where your brain wants to maintain um, eye level uh, or your eyes being level to the ground. What that means is that if you have uh, parts of your body, say your pelvis or your shoulders that are tilted, your nervous system will maintain eye leveling or what we call uh, the eye writing reflex because that's that's how our nervous system wants to be. You know, we, we, we tend to distort our view of reality if our eyes are tilted, uh, slanted, right? So what our, what our nervous system does is it tries to get all of our body's efforts to maintain our eyes being level. So what that means is that we create these postural distortions, these shortening of muscles, this inhibition of muscles to maintain our eyes being level to the ground. Now, when we look at at posture, we're and this is this is the thing that that I have my rant with what's being, um, I guess, talked about in the chiropractic circles. When we look at posture and when we look at your spine, the most important thing about spinal um, uh, posture alignment, you know, this is what people think about chiropractors is, is spinal alignment. It's not necessarily having to do with the bones. It's not everything, not having to do with the, the vertebrae. It has everything to do with the muscles and soft tissues because muscles is what moves bones. 
So if you look at like a bridge, if a bridge was fallen down, what good would it do if you just went and, and got like a, a, a jack to jack that back up after you remove the jack? The bridge would fall back down. We got to look at the supportive structures on the bridge. Same thing with our spine. We got to look at the supportive structures like the muscles, tendons, the ligaments, all the things that's creating movement within the bones. Now, there is a relationship of the joints to those muscles where there's these things called mechanoreceptors. This is basically the nerves within the joint capsules of your vertebrae or any, any type of joint. And what that does is that sends signals to the brain and, and it tells the brain, hey, you know what we're getting? We're getting full range of motion, uh, keep the muscles going and, and moving properly. So it's kind of like having you know your door hinge and every time your, your door hinge moves in its full range of motion, it sends a signal back to the central computer saying this joint or this, yeah, this um, joint is moving in its full range of motion, everything's okay. Because your body's kind of like this use it or lose it principle. So if, say, you came home and your door only moved 50% of the way, you would have this, uh, you would have this reflex that tells the central computer, hey, this door is only moving 50% of the way. Let's sh basically shut it down so it's, it, it, it will only move 50% of its way and let's create different patterns. That's kind of what happens in your body is you create this these postural distortion patterns to uh, in in relation to how much how much um, I guess energy or or receptors that are going back sending information back to the brain and abnormal posture I mean it creates all kinds of havoc in your body and those of you who have been afflicted with with bad posture as I mean pretty much all of us have bad posture, altered posture, you you know the kinds of effects that it has upon your body. Now, I want to get into the five surprising facts about bad posture. These are some things that most people don't know about. Um, and if you do, there's some things I want to talk about that, that may, you know, uh, educate you a little bit more and, and put a little bit more emphasis on having and maintaining proper posture. All right, let's get into that. So there are five surprising side effects with bad posture. Number one, no surprise, chronic headaches. How many of you guys own a mobile device? Well, if you're probably listening to this podcast, you probably are listening on a mobile device. And about 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have as many mobile devices as we do today. We weren't reliant upon those things, and our posture was much different. You go back 30, 40 years ago into the average workplace, and most people weren't sitting down at a desk looking at a computer all day long. We are meant for movement. The advent of electronic devices meant that we alter our posture. And I see this every single day. And I'm seeing this more and more where different muscles in your body are becoming shortened and different muscles are becoming weakened because we are looking down. Our, see, our, our, our necks aren't meant to look down for extended periods of time. Our necks are meant to keep our head upright so that we look forward because 
it, you know, in when we were out in, in nature and in hunter-gatherer societies, we always wanted to look forward, looking towards either predators or we're looking for our next meal. We weren't looking down, right? So if you look at the spine from the, uh, you know, a side view, you're, you'll see that there's curvatures. So the neck curvature is called a lordotic curve or a curve backwards, looks like a backwards C. And then we have your your mid-back or your thoracic cage. That's what's called a kyphosis. A kyphosis is like a, a forward curving like a C. And then you have your lumbar lordosis. This is where your back curves backwards. And this is where you see like um, in your car, you may have a lumbar support to support the lordotic curve. Now, as, as babies, as infants, we didn't have those, those three curves. We had one big C curve, one big kyphotic curve. And as we became weight-bearing and upright, as we learned how to walk, our body developed these lordotic curves in your lumbar and cervical spines. Now, that is an effect of being upright, weight-bearing. But what happens when we look down constantly? Well, our, our neck curvature pretty much goes away and different muscles have to elongate, different muscles have to fire to hold your head upright so that your head doesn't fall forward. And then you get basically chronic firing of these really small muscles. So these muscles start to ache. So it's kind of like you're doing an exercise over and over and over again. You're just burning out the muscles. Now, particularly, there's these muscles called the suboccipital muscles. And as you lean your head forward, these suboccipital muscles, which are right at the base of your skull, they overfire. And what it causes is tension in those muscles, which then goes over to the rest of your skull, into you know, the back of your skull, the sides of your skull, alters how you chew because it, it alters the, the jaw muscles. And then another thing that can happen over, you know, over, over years is that those muscles can become so tight that they pinch off a nerve, which is called the suboccipital nerve. And the suboccipital nerve has a couple of different branches and they go on the back of your spine to the top of your back of the skull, I should say, into the top of your skull. And this tends to be one of the reasons that I see for chronic headaches. So just looking down uh, and having that altered posture that what we call your forward head carriage is going to affect the suboccipital muscles and create these chronic headache patterns. And number two, number two is high blood pressure. And this is a surprising one. You know, I got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of controversy behind that. And, and you know, uh, as I read in different chiropractic journals and, you know, Journal of Manipulative Therapy, there's controversy whether or not chiropractic adjustments can affect blood pressure. Now, Let's look at the physiology behind all of it. Let's take, um, for example, the av what I see, the average posture nowadays is basically the head going forward and your shoulders being rounded in, your upper back being rounded in, and basically your, your chest being closed off. This basically decreases your lung capacity and your ability to take in oxygen because your rib cage can't fully expand when you breathe. And, and also, people don't breathe properly anymore. They, they, they breathe with only about one-third of the lung's capacity and ability uh, rather than be breathing from the diaphragm. So they're breathing with the upper part of, of the lungs. And when your shoulders are rolled in, you're going to get a way, way more difficult time increasing that lung capacity 
capacity. So we're decreasing the lung capacity with forward rolling shoulders and a forward head posture. Now, we're not taking enough oxygen, which also means that we're not getting rid of carbon dioxide in the blood. So a buildup of carbon dioxide decrease in oxygen intake means that the pH of the blood will start to alter, which ultimately backs up into the pH of the cellular tissues. Now, when that happens, you start to increase in what's called metabolic acidosis within the cellular tissues. This in effect will affect the kidneys. The kidneys and the lungs are your major organs that is responsible for balancing out your pH in your body. Most of the processes of your body is getting you into a, an acidic state because your body as, as a side effect is producing a lot of acidic waste. That's just a natural part of cellular metabolism. But we have these what's called buffer systems, which is your lungs. You breathe out carbon dioxide and you get rid of any type of acidic waste in your kidneys. These are the ways that your body balances those things out. But if we start to have an acidic load or an increase in acidic load on the kidneys, you start to tax the kidneys. Now the kidneys have multiple uh, multiple jobs. You know, it filters out different waste products in, in the blood and it you know helps you to maintain your proper blood pressure, all of these different things. But if it's mainly only focused on balancing out your body's pH levels because you're you're going into acidic stress, then it doesn't do other things. And one of the main functions is to regulate blood pressure. Right? It's kind of like, you, you know, you, you have you have a secretary and you're the boss, right? And, and you're telling your secretary, okay, I want you to type out this paper. And then you say, well, you know, here's what I want you to do. I also want you to take out the trash. And I also want you to redecorate the office. I want you to do these. If you if you give your, your secretary these multiple things to do, he or she is not going to be able to focus on the main task of what you're supposed to be doing. You're kind of being tugged at all of these different ways. So if the kidneys are responsible for uh, regulating blood pressure, you can kind of see from a, a biochemical standpoint that if you have increased in acidic load, that blood pressure is going to be affected there as well. There's actually numerous studies that shows how posture is affecting blood pressure. And I'll put a link to, to those in the, in the show notes. All right, number three is constipation. When you have altered posture, it alters how the uh, like internal organs function, right? If you're if you're slouched over crimped up, if you look at it, right, I mean, it's pretty common sense, your intestines have a smaller space to work in, it affects how the intestines move through the food, right? And the food goes from digestion in, in the in the stomach, small intestine, and then going through excretion in your colon. But if you have a cramped up space, also backing up to how how posture is affecting the kidneys, you're going to have dehydration as well. So your body's going to hold on to food longer and, and food's also moving slower through your entire gastrointestinal tract. And, and there's a bunch of studies that shows how posture is affecting constipation. So if, you, if you're suffering, suffering from constipation, we got to look at your posture and, and correct that as well. Now, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you how to look at your posture and what you need to do to correct those things. So stick around to the end and then I'll give you some tips on how you can uh, help your posture. So if you are suffering from constipation or headaches, there are things that you can do. All right, number four, this is where we start getting more into the things that people don't necessarily link to bad posture. Number four is fatigue and weight gain. Let's look at it just strictly from a mechanical standpoint. We talked about the idea of central integration, that your body wants to maintain yourself 
upright. Now, the farther we deviate from this midline posture, the harder your body works to get it back to midline. Say you are tilted to your right, the muscles on the left side of your body have to work to pull you back to midline unless you're going to fall over. The more we have postural deviations, the more the muscles have to work. And I remember when we were in school learning about posture, I mean, one of our professors told us, you know, basically, if you had the ultimate posture, if everything was articulating, or if all the bones were resting upon each other in a proper manner, basically, no muscles would fire in your body to maintain that posture. It's like, it's kind of like Jenga, you have this perfect balance of these things. But now when when, you, when things are out of balance, it's like Django, you know, those things start to fall over. You need supportive structures to maintain that midline posture. And that's basically what's happening when you alter your posture, your body has to fire these muscles over and over and over again. And you're burning energy, you're burning energy. So your body's like, okay, what do I use this energy? Because it's kind of like having, you know, money in your bank account, you only you have a finite amount of money in your bank account that you can spend on certain things. And your body says, well, do I spend this this money on maintaining posture? Or do I spend this money on detoxification or digestion or hormonal production? What do I do with it? Well, it's like, well, you know what? I mean, I don't need to make a baby, but I would hate to fall down every single day. So your body allocates that energy to maintaining your upright posture at the expense of other things. Now, if we look at that, what that means is that when we are in a state of fatigue, we need more energy. So your body sends a signal and the brain senses it and it says, okay, well, we need more energy. So then we crave more foods. We crave, we crave higher caloric foods, higher sugary foods. What does this do? This alters how much calories we are taking in. And then it also in other podcast episodes that talk about the effect of insulin and cortisol on weight gain. So if you're increasing the amount of carbohydrates that you're intaking, increases increasing caloric intake, you're going to affect the insulin response, which means that you're going to increase in fat deposition. So I, I see this a lot in practice where we correct people's posture, and then they start to notice that they shed excess weight, even if they didn't change anything dietarily. It's just the effect where your body's now saying, well, I, I don't, I no longer have to allocate energy to maintaining this rapidly abnormal posture, I can now decrease the amount of energy I'm intaking and also decrease the amount of energy I'm storing. So it's a huge, huge effect upon fatigue and weight gain. And this, this is what you'll see as you improve your posture is that you'll notice that fatigue will start to subside and that your weight will no longer be an unsolvable issue for you. I'm kind of laughing. Uh, something just popped up um, where I, I was I was talking to a patient about um, the whole idea of weight gain. And we were talking about, and I, I, re I remember the look on her face when we talked about helping her with her weight by improving her posture. And, and it was funny because, and this is what I'm going to get into the next thing is when we talked about her improving her posture in relation to her weight gain, her posture just went down. And I saw how much of an emotion is related to posture. And that's number five is it can also help with stuff like depression. Now let's look at that. I mean, it's pretty self evident if you if you look at posture in relation to our mind state, and our emotional state, you can pretty much tell by a person's body language where their state of emotion is at. How many of you guys remember Winnie the Pooh, you know, you have uh, 
You have Tigger, who is the happy-go-lucky, bouncing around, postures upright, he's, you know, very tall. And then you have the Eeyore, right? You have the Eeyore that's slumped over, ears are down, head sagging over. That's that, that happens to almost every single person when your state of emotions is, you know, in either one. There's so many studies surrounding this. And there was this one study that, that I looked at. And what they did was they took 74 participants and then they randomly assigned them to these two different groups. One, one group was they had to maintain a slumped posture. And one group, they had to maintain a seated posture. And they told them, you know, some, some sham story of, you know, what they were doing. And then they maintained those postures by, by using physiotherapy tape. And then what they noted was that the participants that were in the upright posture group, they reported levels, uh, higher levels of like self-esteem. They seemed more alert. Um, they had better mood. They had um, like lower fear in, in comparison to the, the, the participants that were in the slumped group. Now, what's interesting is that they looked at the, the group that was in the slumped posture and they noticed that they, they tended to use more negative words, negative emotional words, very high in first person pronouns. So this I, more sadness words, fewer like positive emotion words. And, and we see that in today's society where and I, and I'm reaching for for this correlation I haven't I haven't seen any studies uh, and conclusive evidence but I've seen it on a, on a on a massive scale with with our society and the use of mobile devices and how we've become more of a narcissistic society using more uh, negative emotions like social media I mean I, I see I, I see the craziest things people post on social media in relation to like another person in you know what we call like the keyboard warriors where you wouldn't necessarily say these things directly to that person but you are basically saying what's on your subconscious mind right you remember you guys remember that movie liar liar it's kind of we've kind of reached that point in our society we're we're kind of thriving on that you see so much haters all over social media we've become this society i mean i remember when there was that craze of pokemon go you see all these people walking around their heads slouched over walking around the city and nobody's like talking to each other. I, I, I can't remember a couple months ago, went out to dinner and there was a family sitting behind of us. I think it was like a family of five. It was pretty weird because they weren't talking to each other. Every single person was staring down at their mobile device in a slouch posture. And they were, they, they were just on their gadgets this entire time. And then, I mean, you just looked at them and, and you could feel the, the lack of energy there. And you could just looking at their, their facial expressions. It's just, these are people that you didn't want to be around. So that, that's just my conclusion. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I don't know if you guys have felt it, you know, where you've been around people who, I mean, that's all they do all day long is being on their mobile devices and it's affecting their mood and their emotions. So the, basically, let me get back to this. The conclusion of the study was that adopting more of an upright posture, and this is, this is very important, it, it, that in the face of stress, because this is what a lot of people don't, don't necessarily recognize, is that in the face of stress, you can alter how your body's responding by the posture you adopt. You know, it, it helps you to maintain higher self-esteem. You're going to reduce that negative mood and increase positive mood. This is something that you know, Tony Robbins speaks about. He talks about your state 
You know, if you want to change things, you know, in your external world, it starts internally. You change your state, get up, start moving. Remember I said at the beginning of this podcast is that we were meant to move. So get up, move around. You know, if, if you're going through depression, anxiety, you know, and I, I treat a lot of patients that suffer from depression and anxiety. And I went through that myself. And one of the biggest things is adopting a proper posture to help you change your physiology, change your state. The question you've probably been asking, well, doc, what is an optimal posture? Here's an easy one. Here's an easy, this is what I tell my patients to do. Stand with your back against the wall. If you're running right now on the treadmill or in your your car, don't do this. But if you're at home, um, I want you to get up and stand with your back against the wall. Now, there's a couple things that you should know. The back of your head the upper part of your back, your shoulders, right? The back part of your shoulders and your tailbone and the back part of your heel should all be touching the wall. What happens with most people is that when they do this test is that either their shoulders won't touch the the wall when they stand against it and the back portion of their head is not touching the wall or if they have their upper back shoulders and head touching the wall then their tailbones not touching the wall or you're forcing it and what happens when you're forcing you can feel it right you can feel it where you know you're trying to activate these muscles which is a good thing when you're when you're doing this test so the wall test again back of your head upper part of your upper part of your back the back part of your shoulders your tailbone and your heels should all be touching the wall. Now, what you can do to maintain this posture is practice this on a daily basis. Now, here's some things that you can do if you're sitting down or even standing up to help regulate your posture. What I want you to do with your neck, you're sitting down. First thing I want you to do is I want you to roll your shoulders all the way forward, roll your shoulders all the way back, and then roll your shoulders all the way forward again, and then relax your shoulders. That's where your shoulders should be. Now, if you know that you have shortened muscles or inhibited muscles, that's stuff we got to work on as well. And that's that's for another time uh, to discuss those things and how to do those things. And you may need you may need a therapist to help you out with that. For the average person, if you just have bad habits that you know that you, you've accumulated over the years, this can help a lot. So roll your shoulders forward backwards forward and then relax that should be your shoulder posture now let's get to your neck neck same thing close your eyes tilt your head forward tilt your head backwards tilt your head back forward and then relax this is where i like to see your neck so so you do shoulders first then do your neck same thing with your lower back with your lower back it's a little bit trickier Okay, with your lower back is a little bit trickier what you're gonna do is you're gonna if you're standing up or sitting down um, what I want you to do is contract your abs, okay? Contract your abs, then relax, then contract your low back muscles. So tilt, you're basically tilting your, your pelvis and then contract your abs again and then relax just a little bit. And I want you to feel your abs and your lower back relaxed, okay? That's that's a, a, a good posture for your low back. I mean, we can go into more specifics on that, but... That's where I want you, I want you to be for your low back. Now, if you do this on a daily basis, combine this with the wall test. And also what you can do with the wall test is because we're, we're only looking at one axis of your posture. 
Now, what you can also do is when you're against the wall, if you have a full body mirror, you can look at your posture and note the relationship of your shoulders, your pelvis, um, if your head is turned or what we call torqued, if your head is turned one way or another, what you're going to do is you're going to do the exact opposite of where it's at. So say you have a higher right shoulder, pull that right shoulder down. Because if you have a high shoulder, that usually means that the latissimus or the lat muscle is not working properly. If you have a head that's turned, that's usually meaning because you have one of the what's called the sternocleidomastoid, the SCM, the big muscle on the front part of your neck. If you turn your neck, you see that muscle going from your skull down to the top of your your sternum or your 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 breastbone. That muscle is usually inhibited. And that, that, that's what I want to talk about with, um, with muscle tightness. It's not necessarily the muscles tight. It's usually because the opposing muscle is inhibited or weakened. Uh, I see a lot of people spend numerous amounts of time, money, and energy on trying to get tight muscles to relax and spend pretty much no effort on getting inhibited muscles backfiring. That's what you got to do. So if you're looking at your posture in the mirror and you notice a high right shoulder, contract your latissimus muscle, okay? And this is another thing that you guys got to learn too is how to control your body's muscles because I think as we age, we tend to forget or get lazy on knowing how to move our body. You know, that's just one of the things that happens. Now, we we also got to talk about lengthening of the fascia as well. And like I said, this, you know, you can do at home. Um, but some some people, they need help from uh, a professional therapist. So if you need help from a professional therapist, seek one out that knows how to do fascial lengthening, myofascial release, ART, um, all those different types of techniques that will help elongate the, t the fascial tissues so that you can have um, proper muscle functioning. There's an acronym that I use with patients and um, th this can help you out a lot as well. It's called the MOVE program, M-O-V-E. It stands for Motion Outdoors in Variable Exercises. So Motion Outdoors in Variable Exercises. And what I, what I see a lot of people make mistakes in their exercise routines is that they, they just think that going to the gym is doing them some good. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, we were meant to move, we were meant to be outdoors and we were meant to be doing different things you know it was it's rare in, in nature to to find hunter gatherers lifting a barbell or a dumbbell for like you know 12 reps for four sets you know we were doing different things we were bending over picking up stuff we were climbing we were uh, running we were jogging we were sitting we were lying you know we're doing all of these different movement patterns. So that's, you know, that's one of the things that, that I encourage you to do is the move program. So get get outdoors, get some motion, you know, do stuff like jumping jacks or um, do some, you know, gardening or whatever, but get outdoors, get some sunshine, get some fresh air and do variable movements and, and you know, make it fun. And that's what I think, I, I think we're missing in our society is people, they, they feel like, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to do an exercise program because it takes a lot of time and effort. I'm too lazy. I don't want to go to the gym. I'm not a gym head. All of these things are just excuses for something that you can do right in your own backyard. You know, I mean, I, I've, 
I haven't had a gym membership in years. You know, I just go out in my backyard and, and do things outdoors. You know, have fun with that. That's pretty much what I have for you guys today. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast all about the surprising facts about bad posture. If you guys love this podcast, if you guys haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe if you feel so inclined to. And we, we would love this if you left us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, tell us what you think. If you have any questions, you, know, you guys can contact us through that or you guys can email us at info at whatupdocuniversity.com. Info at whatupdocuniversity.com. If you guys have any inquiries, um, you guys want to ask questions, you guys want to, you know, whatever, you guys want to tell me hi, that's one of the ways, actually easier way to contact me is through social media. So follow me on Instagram. Um, you can follow my my personal account at instagram.com forward slash Dr. Mike Okouchi, O-K-O-U-C-H-I. Find me on Instagram. That's my personal one. That's where I post a lot of health tips on a daily basis, some live video as well. Um, you can find me on Facebook as well. Same thing. Uh, you can also follow our podcast Instagram. Uh, it's instagram.com forward slash WDU podcast. WDU podcast. All right, guys, till the next time, be well and aloha. Aloha.